You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers with Saya, Anissa and Borama. Hello, I'm Saya. And I'm Borama, not Anissa. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners won't know, but just before we hit record, <laughs> we were like, what order shall we do the intro in? And Borama goes, oh, let's start with, oh, I'm Anissa. And we were like, Anissa's not here though. This is like Yungi marry me and Yungi's not here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop slipping BTS references into everything. <laughs> that would be so confusing for people who don't follow BTS though. Like now I feel like you should explain to them what Yungi, Yungi marry me is all about. Oh no, we're going to get in trouble. <laughs> no, you just just go and Google it. You'll find out. It's yes. very funny. Okay. Look it up on YouTube. It is really funny. <laughs> and if you don't care, you can ignore it for the rest of your life. Even better. <laughs> okay, so what we're actually here for today is... A wild yak. On? On? A blooming youth. Why, why do we sound like ads? I, I don't know, but fucking check is back, y'all. Yay, cheeky. <laughs> you know what's so nice is having like four out of five of the Uga squad on screen like right now. Aww. Because Ginny's Kitchen just started airing and that, we're not talking about that today and neither of us have watched it yet, but we'll probably come back but for three it. members of the squad mm. are in it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. So this is about a drama called Our Blooming Youth, which is airing on TVN. Uh, starring Park Young-shik as the lead and John Sonny as the female lead. So I guess Park Young-shik is the male lead. I didn't think we need to specify, but since... Okay, so Park Young-shik is definitely yes. the lead. And um, for our female lead, we have... Who do we have? Jong Sunny. You may remember her as the main lead of uh, Kim Yoon Suk's... Uh, it was Kim Yoon Suk's, right? Kim Yoon Suk, um, yeah. Uh, scripting your desk. Oh, wasn't she undercover in that drama? She was pretending it wasn't hers, but I mean, she produced it. So Kim Yoon Suk is the writer of like many, many amazing dramas, but the latest of which was uh, The King Eternal Monarch, and but that was the latest, right? Oh wait, no, no, no. The latest of it is The Glory, which is oh, still airing, right. kind of, because right. the second half is coming yeah. out in March. But just to um, just to yeah. clarify, so that we don't. Uh, end up sending people off with um, a mistake um <laughs> scripting your destiny's screenwriter is a person called Unsonu, but it was kind of the brainchild of kim and suk which is why yeah. we've mentioned her in connection so she with has it. like producer billing she doesn't exactly have like the yeah yeah so she, she was pretty clear on this like it wasn't her writing but she was just sort of in the background because she's been wanting to do things differently for a while i feel like we are recording a totally different we podcast are right let's now. come um, back <laughs> <laughs> so we you last saw uh this leading lady in uh that sort of like web series mm-hmm. and i don't even think that was like a full-blown drama and so but johnson is she is really good she's amazing so just to give you a quick overview of what the drama is about it is about um Park Young well Park Young Shik plays a crown prince which if you don't know yet is one of my favorite types of characters and also if you want to know why go sign up on Patreon where I have posted like a 17 minute defense of crown princes <laughs> uh I'm sorry I'm, I can't help myself um so he plays a crown prince and John Sonny plays a character called uh, Min Jae, who is the daughter of a minister. And she is a bit of, um, uh, 
See, I don't want to use any of the words that are coming to mind. I don't want to say she's a bit of a rebel. I don't want to say she's a bit of a tomboy. But mm. understand that in not wanting to use those words, what I'm trying to say, she's someone who doesn't like the way the system is stacked for herself and for women. And um, she just imagines a different life for herself. And she goes about living according to what she believes in, which can involve her running around wearing men's clothes, solving crimes, mm -hmm. and um, helping people in unconventional ways. So I guess we would say she's untraditional um, and doesn't enjoy the roles that society wants for her in the semi-fictional, semi-historical time that she exists in. Um, so is this? A, I don't think it's quite a fusion saga. It's a fantasy saga, uh -huh. I guess, because it's not moored to a particular era, but it is still Joseon. But there's not like I a mean, particular. I would, call it, I would probably call it fusion saga. It has like a lot of the elements, like the gender bender side of things, like the modern, uh, like the heroine with like the modern uh, outlook, the hero who's like very supportive of the heroine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, he's not yet, but you know he's going to yeah. get there. Oh, wait, I haven't even got to the main premise yet. Let me just say that bit yeah. and then we'll go on to what the story is. So she finds herself on the run um, accused of murdering her entire family. And just, by the way, just like the setup of it was so, so cool. good. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and the crown prince is recovering from an injury or has a disability caused by an injury um, and is under or thinks he is under the power of a curse. And so that, that whole, that's a whole sort of mystery. I said that very unclearly. <laughs> I mean, because the drama sets it up the very drama, unclearly. Yeah, like you're not ambiguous. sure if he's having like a psychosomatic reaction right. to being shot at one point or if it's actually like, you know, magic realism at play right. and like there's a curse yeah. like covering over him. It's like... You, when you see it from uh, the Park Hyung-shik's perspective, like the prince's perspective, it feels like a curse, but also it's like it it like it's it's like a miasma that's like constantly around him. Right. So it it feels like he's immersed in a curse. Yeah. But on the other hand, like when looking from the outside, it also just looks like an injury, maybe a psychosomatic one. Yeah. So, or like PTSD yeah. of some kind, and yeah, there's. All sorts of things. And because he wasn't born the crown prince, he was sort of thrust into that position after his older brother was murdered. And he's also suspected of being responsible for killing his brother. So you have these two sort of um, unfairly or fairly, we don't know, that's also part of the story. Um, these two characters who are accused or thought to be responsible like openly or covertly for the deaths of their family slash family members. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so convoluted. It's actually more clear than that. Um, so you can see like immediately there's a reason for them to sympathize with each other. But do they? <laughs> oh, we will not answer that now. So how much of it have you watched so far? I have watched, um, I'm on the third episode right now. So uh, around the second week, I sort of like started stalling a bit, not because anything to do with the drama necessarily. There were like a couple other things that I wanted to catch up to. Um, but again, like first impressions, just like the first week. 
how did you how did you feel like when you were watching the first two episodes? I loved it. And then I was sad that all of our friends in our group chat did not. <laughs> I I okay, so initially when I saw Park Hyung Shik's introduction um to it, I was not sure what they were trying to do with it so i had gone into this like without reading up on like the synopsis or anything like that so it was just like a cold opening to me while it was focused on the cursed prince narrative i was just waiting for something to happen and then the story shifts to so the cursed prince has a friend um who's like a minister's son right and this friend is um sort of betrothed to this uh girl who's like the daughter of like this is johnson's character he's betrothed to johnson's character j right so johnson's character is like the daughter of this uh you know this teacher who used to teach the prince at oh, one yeah. point like b- both the boys yeah. yeah so um and also like he's an unconventional man who was like well respected uh, and of course there is like courtly factions at play so there is one side that wants the prince to thrive and the other side that just wants the prince to like just go away already and like not thrive um <laughs> aka so die obviously yeah <laughs> so you have this setup where the prince is like constantly being tested like people are waiting for him to fail and because everybody knows that he has an issue with his right arm it doesn't quite work all the time and there are rumors in the palace that like it doesn't work well, at no all no one in public Sorry. has seen him use his right hand or arm for like a year so they don't know whether he's truly disabled or whether he's got like he's keeping it something secret correct and of course um, as you would know if you've watched any saga at all um, you can't have a prince with like a scratch on his body let alone like a a disabled arm they don't want to allow a man with a disability to become king because that would go against everything that they believe in about like the superiority of the king the necessary superiority of the king like the king must be superior the royal bloodline must be superior to prove that they have the right to rule over you worthless peons <laughs> right so that that's what our prince is dealing with and so his friend is about to get married and like bet Trothel gifts have been sent to the bride's house which is like another village and stuff like that and then almost on the eve of the wedding pretty much news suddenly comes that the entire family of uh, the fiance is dead and that the one accused of murder is the daughter of the family which is Johnsony and prince and his friend have both met Johnsony's character when they were kids so again like at this point the story started getting interesting to me because of various aspects like the one thing being like johnsony is already uh, betrothed to the uh, the king's friend best friend like, oh, sorry the prince's best yeah. friend yeah correct and both of them had like a good impression of her as a kid like rambanxious child uh, sort of wearing like boys clothes and like uh, blackmailing them into giving like a river toll pranking uh, them because she, <laughs> yeah pranking them but overall they had like a good impression of her as a person so the moment they hear this they can't quite believe it although i think let's not understate um so this second the second male lead i guess is played by um yoon jong suk and the name of the character is Han Songeon and like in the subs they like the title they give him is the sergeant um he's basically the prince's right hand man and he has a very 
cute adoration of Ji from his memories of childhood. It's like they didn't have a good experience, but he remembers it so fondly. And he is already like most of the way in love with her. So I, I don't want to understate how much feeling already exists between these characters, even if they haven't requited them, like they haven't met. She's excited about marrying him. He's excited about marrying her. The prince is excited that, you know, his best friend He's is getting married. Yeah. yeah. And then everything goes to pants. Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing that I really liked was that everybody was really happy. And if things had all gone to plan, then the prince would have been really happy attending the, the wedding of his friend and like this wild girl they met as kids. And they probably would have been like a perfectly happy, mm -hmm. conventional, noble yeah. couple. And another thing is that to give you an idea of how special, you know, um, this sergeant is to um, the prince is that because they're looking for the prince's wife, there's a marriage ban. No one's allowed to get married. But there's been an exception made for him. So I think it's really important to understand how strong the relationships are between these people because, of course, the drama is going to go on to hurt you with their relationship. Especially yeah. when... So I don't know if it's really a spoiler to say it at this point because it happens pretty much in the first first episode or second episode that Minji she ends up entering the palace because while she's been on the run she has figured out that she needs to get to the prince to just uh, okay now it will get into spoiler territory <laughs> to survive to find out why her family had to die. And that it had to be something to do with the prince. She's coming to him for answers, but she's also coming to him like desperate for her life. And yeah. so when she finds herself in the palace, of course, she's going to end up coming face to face with Sergeant Han. And there's just so much tension in the way that these people relate to each other that is such a, a good way of... It's not ramping up conflict, but it's just like it's creating a level of angst that makes you very like, oh, you're just very wrapped up in the story as you're watching it because you know of the ways that they all relate to each other. And as each yeah. uh, interaction proceeds, like each one kind of stabs you a little and you die a little. And that's like for me, that's the foundation of this story is that. Although the plot and everything, I find it really, like, just the murder mystery part of it, I realize, is the thing that I find the most um, immediately appealing. Like, ah, oh, there's a mystery. I'm here for it. But then as you sort of get below that, you realize that you really care about these characters. Even, like, I'm six episodes in, but even, like, two, three, and four episodes in, you could feel like your own bond as a viewer to each character. Oh, the sweet, fraught yeah. tension of people. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Initially, that mystery set up, like the moment they had like uh, the scene sort of like shifts away from like the prince's story to Minjay's story. And the moment that happens, you see what uh, a conundrum she was in. Like she kind of, 
like her pair, they are all sitting and eating and then she, her, her family pretty much dies in front of her and she's helpless. She can't stop it. They were all poisoned. Mm-hmm. And since she was the only one who wasn't poisoned and there was like a witness came out and basically slandered her and everybody was like, yeah, she's a woman. It's perfectly believable that she'd kill off her entire family mm-hmm. uh, because she wants to run away with her lover. Yeah. Yeah, so that that pretty much like zero investigation went into the... But also the thing is, it, it was so appropriate for that time. Like the kind of stories you read in history, this matched up completely. I have no issues believing that this was how investigation was conducted. They do do further investigation there. You just have to keep watching. So the scene shifts from the princess curse to following Johnsoni's character, which is Minjai. And so Minji finds herself in a conundrum. Her entire family has been uh, poisoned to death. She's been accused of murder. And initially, there is just so much brouhaha around her. There's just enough circumstantial evidence and stuff that it's like people start believing that narrative a bit too quickly. So her um, sort of her maid, which is played by who's uh, uh, that's Jangaram, played by Puryajin. Oh my God! It's so I'll come to that. So Puryajin uh, is basically like run away and uh, because like you don't know like honestly I don't blame them for for reacting that way because these women are alone at this point her entire family has been slaughtered you don't know if she's going to be the next target or how she's going to be treated during an investigation women weren't exactly treated amazingly especially if you didn't have you know the protection of like an influential family which her influential family is now dead chances are things would have gone very wrong and and Minjai needed to be outside like to prove her own innocence what i really like is because they had very quickly established the kind of character she was early on in her life and the fact that her father clearly um didn't try to squash that side of her when like she runs away and finds herself alone and like at one point she is she's fighting off soldiers as she's running away and because she's such a tiny thing and like you know that that scene in the forest mm. when she's fighting the soldier she's trying her best not to hurt anybody like very clearly while she's like begging with them to like allow her to like prove her innocence and it's it's a it's scene that's very easy to make ridiculous like they could have made her so adept that she was like fighting off like five soldiers in one go um, but instead what they did was like, it was a struggle for her. Like she loses her shoes at one point. She gets cornered at one point. Like she can't escape anymore. She's very clearly, you know, competent, but like in no match for the situation, she was going to get caught. So what she ends up doing is what often happens in Sagi. So, so this is one of the things that we'll come back to uh, in a bit is that she um, basically jumps from a cliff. Well, and she was survives. cornered and <laughs> fell. So... Sure, but you know how often do characters running so away like, from... Although it sounds tropey when you describe it, it didn't play out in a tropey way. I thought that was... That's true. I, I mean, the entire thing was done really well. I loved it. Um, But I especially love the fact that when she finds herself alone, completely alone, at the end of a tether, there's nobody to turn to for help. She just accepts it and you know, starts rolling with the situation. She changes her clothes, um, like goes, like uh, puts on like, you know, male garments and um, decides she's going to go to, uh, basically she's going to find a way to the prince. So basically she puts a plan in motion. The thing is, 
like she's she is somebody who is active in her own um rescue so to speak like she's mm-hmm. actively doing these things chance isn't like putting her in the path of the prince right. you know what yeah. i mean like for instance just think of um moonlight uh, i actually wanted to talk about that, that? <laughs> moonlight drawn by clouds yeah you have usually with fusion saga situations where the heroine doesn't actively try to like get to the hero it's usually a situation of like them accidentally meeting mm. or her being trapped in a situation that puts her in the path of the hero here she planned it figured out how to get sort of like you know her herself in disguise i'm not going to spoil how it happens but the thing is that she ends up meeting the prince who she's trying to meet because of a hint she had um like a conversation with her father and she figures like whatever happened to her family must be connected to the prince mm. i love this whole sequence so much and even before like she actually ends up meeting the prince there is a moment where uh, jangaram and um, so minjay ends up at her like jangaram's house where she lives with her like where her brother lives and the two of them are perfectly happy to like protect her and run away with her because they're clearly very loyal to her but she doesn't want them to risk their life so at one point when jangaram is like no i will come with you wherever you go because i'm already a runaway slave so they are going to hunt me down anyway so what what is the worst thing that can happen to me but minjay is minjay is like no um and she sort of like puts a knife at her friend's throat and you can see both of them like neither of them really it's not like she's actually going to hurt her but it's just like that moment where they're like really they're good friends and they want to yeah i i just i just loved that whole the whole sequence like just yeah so here's the thing with this show i came to it because of park young shik but i'm staying because of johnsoni her character is so interesting and the just she as an actor is bringing everything i actually am finding myself a little bit underwhelmed by uh, park young shik um like i expected him to be a little more happiness park young shik and he seems to have dialed back from the level that he reached on that like i don't think i don't know if it's the role that isn't as good or if he isn't bringing as much but there are moments where i watch him and he's just got a bit of a bland expression and you're like you could be acting a bit more here like i want to see more in your face and you're not bringing what i'm used to seeing from you and so i guess we'll see how that goes like has he finally begun coasting on his looks cuz i don't want him to do that don't do that i've built you up all of these years on this podcast as a person who is much better than his looks so don't let me down now uh, the other thing i want to talk about is yes moonlight drawn by clouds how like on the surface they may seem like they're quite similar dramas the woman is disguised as a eunuch and she goes in and becomes close to the crown prince and they fall in love blah 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 seems very typical but the thing with moonlight drawn by clouds is i, I loved parts of that drama but then there were parts of it that were really frustrating like that draggy sort of third quarter and where they just literally lost the plot and what i'm really enjoying in this show right now is that it is prioritizing the plot and do you remember when we were talking about the king's affection l- last year the year before i can't remember which year mm-hmm. it was and how annoying i found it that they just would throw in these like lingering love love shots like too early And so I feel a little wary like with this drama 
because they've done a couple of those. They haven't over overdone it, mm. but I find myself not interested in a romance right now. I'm interested yeah, in their actual relationship. I'm interested in the relationships between all of the main characters. And, the, you know, the secondary characters are really interesting. Like the satellite characters, like uh, Garam's character, like the other, uh, I guess you'd say he's the third male character, um, played by um, Itaeson, the character of Kim Myung Jin, who is like the youngest yeah. son of one of the ministers. And he, I, I just find him so He's hilarious. so good. That's... Like for so many reasons, yeah. like... Not just because he's funny or because he's genuinely gifted in the thing that he does and because he's a bit absurd. Absurd characters are always the best. Um, so that's all there. And the other thing that this show shares with like Moonlight, Drawn by Clouds, also known as, I think, Lovers in the Moonlight or something, Love in the Moonlight, yeah, is that sort of tone, you know, the courtly royal intrigue thing. And I'll just finish the thought. And the and the whole crown prince aura, you know, aloof crown prince thing. But if you do a direct comparison between how the two actors uh, decided to play these uh, princes, um, you're kind of right that Park Young Shik's um, crown prince, even though technically he's the one who should have like more intensity given the kind of life he's leading, like he's replaceable, like he's very replaceable. Mm -hmm. Where Park Bo Gum's prince felt beleaguered and he was like, nobody had any expectations from him and stuff like that. But it's not, Park Young Sheik's prince can literally be like dragged down. His father just casually says, well, we have another mm. son. So yeah, if he's dragged <laughs> down, then he's dragged down. But it's I mean, that's just, also part of the story though. That's the built-in tenuousness of his position. Is that even a word? I don't know. I, I agree, but which which would make you think that Park Hyung-shik's character would just like vibrate with mm -hmm. intensity, you know, it, it, because of his position. But Then there's also the aspect where he is like unwillingly in this position. Like he wasn't born for it. He wasn't brought up to it. He just is there because... Again, like the entire thing is because of the accident of their births, right? Like he isn't invested in being a crown prince or or in being the king, I guess. But it's like now that it is his position, he do, he sees it as his responsibility. I I agree, but you know what deposed crown princes can expect after they get deposed, to right? Die. Not a very long life. So yeah, you you would think he would be. He's too chill. Yeah, like he's really chill. And, well, and so I I honestly think that the issue might just be the direction given maybe. to him. Yeah, because like he's had like a pretty chill vibe since he's mm. come back from the army. Um, <laughs> the way he did right. happiness was just. Just, Perfect. oh, it was yeah. sheer perfection. But if you watch something like Soundtrack, which he did last year, it's like this four episode uh, Friends to Lovers romance uh, with Han Soe. And it's super cute, but he's also like the chillest. <laughs> like if you take this guy like and put he's him not next trying. to Strong Woman, the Bongsoon's parking shake the, uh, these are like two different like these, these are polar opposites in the chill spectrum oh interesting um, that guy had no chill this guy has like <laughs> nothing chill. but chill <laughs> all the chill <laughs> and like while I I, I I I feel like that's great for the actors like mental health like personally I feel like he's Bring had a, a much little better more space angst. 
is what we want for him in the story. Well, I mean, we don't need to even go to like Bogum to talk about the kind of tension that we want to see in his character because you can just compare Park Young-shik to Park Young-shik because even, I know everybody hates Hwarang except me, but no, I don't hate. He was amazing in Hwarang. He was like the reason I kept watching. That's the character I wanted. That's the intensity I want to see in him. That guy. Because, okay, he's a king in that, but he's also in the same kind of position. He's like the hidden king. He's like nobody knows what his position is except and he has no certain supporters. people. Exactly. Just like, it's like that isolation yeah, yeah. and being cut off is very integral to how these characters function because that also becomes the conflict as the show goes on. Like there's this one really great, fantastic, bone-chilling scene which is in, I think, episode five. Um, And you might not think that it's such a huge scene until you start thinking about the implications. So is it going to be a spoiler if I tell you? Okay, let's say spoiler warnings if you don't (laughs) want to hear what happens in this episode. Do you want me to tell you, though? Yeah. Okay. So... There's a point where he, the prince and Jae go out and she's in her um, eunuch role at that point. And they get into a f- uh, fight doing something else and she gets injured. And this is where he comes all, uh, he comes over all crown prince and he's like, I believe in her. She is like, basically, she's my person and no one's allowed to touch her. And part of that, you know, as the viewer is because she's a woman and he can't let anybody else touch her and find out that she's a woman. So partly it's that, but also partly it's him openly declaring a uh, position that is like a position of faith, like of a lowly eunuch in front of, in the face of his best friend, who's already being tormented by his father pointing out to him, look, the prince doesn't trust you. And he didn't want to believe that and he didn't have evidence of that. But things keep happening that make him Mm. think that. And like the prince Mm. is in a position where he cannot take friends. And he says that explicitly. But when two boys have grown up as friends, you're not going to take that at face value, are you? You're still going to believe that that friendship is there regardless of the positions that the two of you take. So there's this that moment and you're like, you look at Han Sung-un's face and you're like, you you broke his heart. Like this is a man you've literally, you. this is the moment you broke his heart. And this is the moment that is going to come back to you in the future as the point where maybe this man will become your enemy. Because that's the curse. The curse says your your friends will become your enemies. And so that's a fear that the prince has as he's sort of going through life, looking at his best friend, wondering, when will you betray me? And of course, how can you have a friendship where one of you is always wondering, when will you betray me? And now you complicate that with the fact that the prince is developing feelings for G and that the... Uh, sergeant best friend is he doesn't know who she is he doesn't know even who the real J like what whether she actually murdered her family whether she really did have a lover and like there's just 
it's, it's all building up to something and I want it to be magnificent and explosive and awful, but also like, don't kill me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you don't no, understand I, how I, stoked I, I, I am yeah, for the yeah. story to go right. <laughs> and I'm so afraid it will go wrong. Actually, I'm not. I don't think it I'm will very go faithful. wrong. <laughs> yeah. For two reasons. First is that it, it is an adaptation. Um, and people have been like looking forward to this for like a really long time. Um, you know, there is an, uh, a Chinese drama version of this that got like stalled for a while. And now they're trying to figure out how to like replace the male lead. Wasn't this a novel originally? It was a novel which got adapted into like a, a Chinese drama, which uh, didn't get released because uh, its main actor got into a uh, scandal. A scandal. Uh. And I don't have all the details of what scandal he got into. I remember uh, hearing about it last year somewhat. Um, so I won't go into the details because I honestly have not read about it, uh, read up on it enough. And I don't want to like speculate. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so the production got delayed. But recently after uh, this one started airing, the Korean version started <laughs> airing. And not just started airing, but like with really high ratings. Yeah, the, the Chinese production house was like, yeah, maybe we should like bring this back. <laughs> it slept long enough. Right. So yeah, they're trying to figure out how to uh, release Oh, the interesting. Anyway, so my point is like, there is source material that mm. that's already um, well liked. Okay. And um, also I have trust in this writer. I don't know, not so much with this director. I forgot the director's name already. Uh, so Jung Hyun Jung is the writer, uh, and and the way I know her best. Ah, uh, romance is a bonus book. Romance okay. is a bonus book, but the way I got to know her is through the I need romance. I need romance, right? Okay, okay. And her writing is solid. Like it might yeah. seem shaky at first. Like she takes time to like build up. So mm. I actually trust it. Um, that's I've... one of the reasons I'm still sticking. Right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 finish your sentence and then I'll let. Okay, so that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm sticking. For instance, I didn't actually enjoy Love Struck in the city initially. Oh, in I was just about to mention either. that. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I gave that up at that point. But then much later, because again, um, social media and, and tiny clips being um, <laughs> just, you know, thrust at my face suddenly and out of context made me go back and watch the rest of it. And honestly, it's really good in the second half. So that's okay. the weird thing about this writer's stuff. I've often found that her second half is like better than the first oh, half. So that's good to I know. have some hope that that's the way we are going. Like she's building up to moments instead of like expending all the best moments in the first four episodes, mm -hmm. like like King's Affection did. Um, and then like starving us for like 10 episodes. Yeah. So that's, let's not do that. <laughs> or of being swayed by like uh you know the public yeah uh, live response. shoot problem yeah. but then this show is fully pre-produced so we shouldn't yeah. have that the live shoot problem where they respond to you know oh people want to see more couple moments so let's give you like a whole stretch of dumb romance while the plot like just <laughs> lies forgotten and yeah, dusty forgotten for yeah bit. oh that made me so angry I, I will that drama could have been though, so good Oh, which which one? I'm Moonlight Road by Clouds. <laughs> oh. The, the the thing is that I have so much nostalgia wrapped up in it that even though it just like completely it completely sat on its like heels at one point it just, just refused to do anything. I still have really great memories. True. Um, so do connected I. to that drama. Because it made a save in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it made a save in the end. Exactly. I, what I end up doing is I watched the first 10 episodes, then I pretty much skip to the last two episodes. Right, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that so is sad. what you have to do. That third quarter, just you cannot watch it and it's fine. 
because it's just yeah. a completely different show. It didn't need to be. So, but I, I complained about Park Hyun Shik's character, but I will also give him all the points for like looking the part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know he can have chemistry with a wall. I I know he can, but but like I I like it when um, actors can have chemistry with their um, everyone. Every character, like the parking shake, has that way of like building, like showing relationships. So I was watching some behind the scenes of their actual uh, like shooting, um, and with parking shake being like very intense about like so there is this particular uh, scene in in the tent um, after the hunt, and it's it's the way he's approaching her. So he's discussing that with the director. He's discussing that with her, and like he is like changing the way. the director has given him a set of actions to do as he delivers a dialogue and he's modifying that to sort of like um have more physical proximity to um uh, john so he's uh he's, yeah jay's uh, character i like this aspect of her because you can also see that on screen like these are the things that makes him a good actor mm. um i like i'm 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 still sticking to the fact that we're not seeing the intensity we need to see but i like the way he has chemistry with everyone on screen basically mm i do want him to try a little harder though i want his microacting to be at his level because yeah. i think he yeah, isn't bringing that i know and he usually does mm. um it's not that it's bad it's just that i know he's better than this And so when this. I don't see it it's a little like oh that's not what I thought I was going to see from you. Um one more mm. thing I want to add before we sort of close out is a, one of the big things that separates this from Moonlight and just from Suggs in general I think is that this drama hinges around the murder slash curse mysteries like it's hinged around a mystery not around court politics and i feel mm. like that's a very refreshing remix on the genre because you know everyone all of the people who don't like sagak will always say that oh i just can't stand court politics and like where the weirdos who are like <laughs> we love court politics but that can yeah. be tiring it can be tiring because it takes time to Especially sort out the politics right because you're like oh there are always two factions right. one of them is trying to kill the king right. <laughs> and there is a level of boredom because it's like well we know because we know what's happening and what's coming it's about sorting out well, who's on which side and you know which intrigue mm. is today the day for whereas when they make that secondary and and they make this whole murder plot and curse plot the driving um miss the driving mystery <laughs> the the driving force of the show it changes it like it's quite subtle but it changes the the way that the show flows it changes mm. even like for example like the way the um what are they called the way the cliffhangers are at the end of each episode the thing that makes you want to watch the right episode right the thing that makes you want to watch the next episode right away the the reason that you sort of think about it for a whole week until the next episode it's because of those things and like it's yeah it's just really interesting i've just i'm very excited for it to carry on i like that the mystery was what it's built up on like the moment the mystery hit like the moment the murder accusation happened and then you had 
uh, Mean Jay running away. Mm-hmm. It 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 was very clearly established mm-hmm. that this story is a mystery foremost, and that is excellent because most stories, as you know, is like like most sagos, fusion sagos like this is a love story first, and yeah. then there are random mysteries sort of like put. In. Usually, it's to do with like their backstories and right. some childhood betrayal that has <laughs> happened. Well, and the other it's, thing, yeah. <laughs> sorry, did you? Sorry, did I cut you off? No, 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 no. I'm just. And and the other thing this show does is that it gives you something every episode. Like it, mm. it furthers that sort of long plot. It gives you something every episode that brings you a little closer to understanding what's happening you know with either of those plots and the ways that they connect because obviously they do so like for a few episodes they were investigating some serial murders and at the end of it you realize oh this is a piece of the puzzle and that will take us to the beginning of the next step of that arc in the next week's episode Uh, i'm very excited but we should probably stop talking about it. Yeah, now. <laughs> we should. So, but before we end, I just want to re-emphasize: I love John Sohi in this drama. John Sony. But I love ha- John Sony. Sorry, I love John Sony in this drama. But what is most impressive is how her character is positioned. She's not positioned as the love interest of the prince. She's positioned almost as like an independent a, agent. Prime, yeah. No, she she is positioned almost as like one of the two primary protagonists like she has an independent story arc than the prince with his curse yeah and it, at some point they might blend but my point is these two have two she's like, the star of her own equal story driving. right exactly she's the hero of her own story she has her own mystery to solve i actually and think like the the way uh you have these two protagonists uh, sort of like start to work together is like what what is it called when when two kings uh, uh, two kingdoms decide to work together alliance oh. uh, the way these two uh, start working together is by compromising and like forming an alliance and like yeah she's in the weaker position and he's helping her hide but it's still like a position where the two of them don't quite trust each other but they don't really have anybody else who knows exactly what these two know and so they kind of realize they have to depend on each other. It's a dynamic mm-hmm. that I really like versus what usually happens with um, this kind of like Dunok Prince sort of mm-hmm. situation where the girl is entirely dependent on the mercy of the prince and her story is driven forward by what's happening to the prince. Mm-hmm. If the prince is attacked, like she reacts to protect him. It's like, you know, like the prince's story is what drives the actual drama and she kind of like hops along till towards the end her own arc has like mm-hmm. a conclusion whereas what i like about this one at this point the story at this point is that like i said independent arcs and like they both feel like heroes of their own story mm-hmm. so yeah i'm i'm optimistic about it <laughs> i will offer as my final thought that i think he's the secondary character she's the hero in, in the first episode, like I just watched it and I made a, I, I, I made a reel basically going like, this is the high point of the story. Everything is going downhill <laughs> because like that introduction to Johnson's character was just so good. <laughs> and I was like, there is no way a fusion star cook is going to be able to keep this up. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't, I no longer think, I no longer feel that way. Yeah, yeah. As you pointed out, this writer 
has a very good track record of making her mm. female characters the primary characters. Like, I agree. all of the I Need Romance series. If you, if you have not watched the I Need Romances, please watch them. Just, just go, go watch them. And she just gives <laughs> her women space to be atypical, to be a little bit messy if needed, to be what they need to be and to respond mm. to their situations as full people not as someone constrained by what the story needs them to do or what the trope requires from them, right? And okay. I didn't even look... I mean, I must have looked it up at some point and then I forgot about it, but now that you've brought it back to my mind, I'm just thinking, ah, I'm, I'm more excited now. Okay, let's leave it there. <laughs> this is just... Okay, you good. Have to that was a good while, <laughs> You just have to understand that this show is all of my favorite things. <sighs> Yeah, it's got a mystery. It's got a crown prince. It's got young Chiki. <laughs> More than one fierce woman. It's oh yeah. gosh. Oh, and, and it's got female friendship. Like it's like not just yeah. like you know in a patronizing way. Yeah, in a like a really solid heartfelt. loyal way. It's yeah. just so heartfelt. And it's yeah. got that sort of a wide streak of absurdity which is great I just love it like what more can you ask for in drama okay bye then intensity just Park Young Shik having a little more intensity that's true that's true but we can't have everything so we, we, we will hopefully have everything by the end of the drama so we gotta keep our hopes up but that is it for uh, this wild yak um, we'll see where things go <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find Saya at <laughs> Not Now Saya, and you can find me Parama at The Drama. It's like we're doing it for the first time every time. Always, <laughs> every time. Okay, and you can find us on Instagram at Dramas Overflowers underscore, and you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail .com. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search Dramas Over Flowers. And our website is dramasoverflowers.net. Also, link to our newsletter is below. Oh, and um, a, a, an episode or two ago, we uh, released uh, our sort of like spoiled yak on interest of love. I'm giving that an extra shout out because that drama is just like so underappreciated and if you're not convinced if it's for you just listen to like the first 10 minutes or so of us like going through our of feelings. you guys replacing <laughs> me with frabby that i'm too. actually down for that that's cool frabby is great if i have to be replaced frabby is great yeah let it be but no, no. You, you don't get an out i'm sorry oh, you're damn. you see me trying to leave <laughs> Uh, and also okay. just just before we go straight into to the the very last line because i don't know if everyone knows um but if you haven't checked out our patreon for a while do go and take a look and see if you're interested in any of the stuff that we're doing there because we are being good um and we've been posting special we call i mean i call them voice note diaries i don't know if that's what they're really called we, we are all calling them voice <laughs> note diaries um and like they started off like we were so strict we were like oh it's gonna be 
10 minutes two or less. Minutes, three just minutes. Like two, yeah, sure. <laughs> and now it's like 15 minutes, 17 minutes. 17, I'm sure 20. Half an hour soon. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. good practice. Maybe one of these days we'll come with like solo. Was it a lone yak? <laughs> An actual podcast episode where we don't talk to anybody but ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we, we are building up to that. Yeah. We've just like somehow managed to avoid doing them as yet but we're probably gonna end up doing them soon but what's nice about those is that I mean on the podcast we try to stay on topic uh, and for some of us it's harder than it is for others so in those uh, excursions with uh, our patrons we get to talk about all sorts of other things bringing it back to drama one way or another but you know basically go and listen to my 17 minute defense of crown princes was it even 17 minutes? I don't know. Anyway, Drums Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Man, I hope we don't get fired because of this. <laughs> I'm so all over the place. Oh my God. Oh, it's because I didn't have breakfast. Okay, bye everyone.